what's up guys so this is lisa a smith founder of the black health academy and normally this would be an episode of the black health academy podcast which a new episode drops every two weeks on a wednesday and i'm lisa a smith the founder of the black health academy and the host of this beautiful podcast along with my co-host who is usually here miss get fit with jay but a fun, not so exciting thing happened last weekend where Jay and I got together to record the podcast, mic'd up, started recording, recorded for 45 minutes just to realize I never hit record and we were completely tapped out. So fortunately or unfortunately, I'm going to do a really, really brief episode kind of catching you guys up on some things today, not necessarily one with a full on subject matter. Uh, our episode that we were trying to record last week was all about taking it back to the fundamentals of health. Um, and we're going to do that again. So our very next one coming up on, it'll, I believe it'll drop on Wednesday, November 27th. Jay and I will go into the fundamentals of getting healthy. Uh, we realize that there's still a lot of virgin ears out here who are still not very well versed in just the very basics of what it means to begin to turn your health around. Um, so we're going to revisit that in a couple weeks, but I didn't want to miss dropping an episode today. So I'm going to kind of catch you guys up on some things that um, been going on in the past couple of weeks with me. And then I actually asked the actual episode, I'm going to release a lecture I recorded earlier this year entitled What I Overcame to Become Plant-Based because it's a really good lecture that I put together and I'll explain a little bit about it later. So depending on what you listen to first, I'm dropping those kind of both at the same time. So you might have clicked on that one before you clicked on this one. Either way, uh, a lot of fun content about being plant-based. So that will be the actual podcast episode for this week. So apologize again. It's totally my bad. Me and Jay had was getting together after like a whirlwind of a couple of weeks. And after, you know, fake recording for 45 minutes, we decided we just could not start over. So we de I decided to just do this solo bit. So you just have me today. So for those of you who don't know, the Black Health Academy is a platform that I created two years ago. We just turned two in October. And the Black Health Academy is dedicated to the eradication of the most common chronic disease, uh, conditions which disproportionately impact people of color. Uh, and that's things like obesity, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, autoimmune disease, fibroids. A lot of chronic conditions that disproportionately impact black people or where we typically have worse outcomes compared to the rest of the country. Whether or not we're impacted by it more, we typically suffer from worse outcomes, i.e. breast cancer. More white women are impacted by breast cancer. However, black people are more likely to die from it. So I created the Black Health Academy for that reason so that we can start having targeted conversations about these conditions and the vast health disparities in Western medicine for us. So that's the Black Health Academy. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you enroll for free. It's a free platform. We have a free and a paid membership. So, but you can totally gain uh, access to all of the master classes for free 
at www.theblackhealthacademy.com, www.theblackhealthacademy.com. And there's a wealth of knowledge. I upload new masterclasses that I teach, interviews that I do with people of color, doctors of color, and the entire mission is to get us to uh, be a little more self-governing in our health as opposed to relying solely on uh, doctors and healthcare providers and people who may not necessarily share our same experience or always have our best interest, not intentionally all the time, but may not just because of internal and systemic bias and racism. Uh, sometimes the cards are stacked against us before we even get started. So the Black Health Academy was created for that purpose. And you can access the podcast from inside of there, past episodes. You can also Listen to it on multiple platforms. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, So and CastBox. So if you haven't already, make sure you click to follow the Black Health Academy on whatever platform you're listening to us on so that you're always notified when there's an episode. Okay, so the past couple of weeks, I promise you, I just took like an epic nap. Um, I think it was Monday or Tuesday of this week. I'm recording this today the day it's released which is currently it's wednesday november 13th and i think it was just a couple days ago i took like this epic nap and this nap (laughs) was pretty symbolic of the past several weeks of my life that's why it was so epic it was just like me finally taking a huge exhale and decompressing my past several weeks have been so slammed I want to say it maybe started with my birthday, which was on October 30th, but it it was definitely prior to then where I was kind of like running literally crazy with events and speaking engagements and everything. Yeah, it even started before that. So like in the past several weeks, I've had so many speaking engagements. I'm the nutritionist for a program here in Michigan called, Michigan called The Women Who Lift. And so I do their nutritional segments. And so I had that, like the weekend before my birthday, I had like the Women Who Lift nutrition class that I taught, followed immediately by a women's retreat that I speak at annually for Detroit Unity Temple. And then uh, that same day, I had like a business meeting about this potential startup that I may become a part of. uh, And then rolled that right into the top of my week where I literally had the next day this huge speaking engagement at the Detroit Main Library where, you know, nearly 100 people came out and I taught a seminar about using plant-based nutrition for weight loss. And then my birthday was three days later. And my mentor, who is absolutely phenomenal, um, a woman by the name of Jay Abraham, she threw me this wonderful, beautiful birthday party at a place called the Monarch Club in downtown Detroit. Uh, It's the penthouse on top of the Element Hotel. And so my friends and family all came out to honor me and love on me. And it was a birthday party slash a lifetime achievement uh, party and celebration where basically, you know, Jeanette set it up so that, you know, we went around and honored what I've accomplished in my career and in my life up until this point. And it was just so super dope, right? So I was like, 
crazy excited about that coming off of all of these speaking engagements plus you know I wanted to get something to wear and then I had to get prepared but my birthday was Thursday I mean Wednesday October 30th but then the very next day on Halloween October 31st I was flying out to DC for another speaking engagement at a conference called SpeakerCon and that was a huge deal because I knew there would be so many people in the audience that uh, would turn into potential collaborative opportunities for me in my career. So I was like, it was not my typical speaking engagement. So for SpeakerCon, um, I had 15 minutes on the main stage and I was responsible for, you know, coming up with my talk and everything. And I decided, of course, to talk about health, but I tied it to business and the business uh, specifically of speakings and so the title of my talk was get professionally fit which is the name of my first company professionally fit it was called get professionally fit how your waistline impacts your bottom line in business and my entire mission with that talk was to give the high-performing professionals in the audience three tips on how they can uh change their health, make some changes in their health to which will directly impact their performance on the stage and in their company. And so I have been like trying to write that 15 minute speech all that week, my birthday week, the weekend before when I had those other speaking engagements and just like slam. So by the time I flew out to DC on that Thursday after my birthday, I still hadn't had my speech completely nailed down yet. I'm all on the plane writing. I get to the hotel. I'm you know, practicing and going over it. And then my speech was that Friday, November 1st. I was the first person to speak in the afternoon session right after lunch. I was the first speaker right after lunch. And what was so crazy about it is that there were some pretty big hitters. Like the, the, um, those of us that took the stage, it ranged from, you know, those of us who were kind of just getting started speaking where, you know, most of the audience might not be familiar with us all the way up into big internationally and nationally known names, like a gentleman by the name of George C. Frazier and Linda Clemens, uh, Gloria, Gloria Mayfield Banks. And I mean, you know, and then the woman who put it on was international speaker, uh, Cheryl Wood. So this was a really, really big deal for me to be here and to be on the stage in front of all of this potential opportunity, right? So I'm practicing, practicing my speech in my hotel the day before and the morning of, and I'm like, I had like to sit through a morning of, I don't know, maybe seven or eight other speakers, then go to lunch. And then it was finally my time to shine. So I uh, take to the main stage right after lunch. But what was kind of like what's going on is that immediately following me was George C. Frazier. So George Frazier, he's a black man in his 70s. And he is, if you have not heard of George C. Frazier, because I hadn't, I am completely ashamed to say I was not familiar with him or his body of work. And after, um, he was going right after me. <laughs> so I was the first person after lunch and George C. Frazier was going right after me. So first, if you haven't heard of him, look him up. Uh, Frazier spelled F-R-A-S-E-R. F-R-A-S-E-R. George C. Frazier. YouTube. He's literally everywhere. Uh, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal order. And um, just linguistically brilliant, uh, intellectually brilliant. He is just a phenomenal 
voice to be reckoned with. And then if you are a speaker or an aspiring speaker, there's even more to gain from the way he speaks. Um, so very, very good. But he was going right after me. And so they were right after lunch, they were like setting up the room and the stage for him to the point I'm like, wait, I know I'm on the agenda. I see my name in the program, but did they forget about me? Cause they put like a podium on the stage. All of his literature was being passed out to everybody in the audience and in the seats. And, and, and even right before lunch, you know, the MC for the entire event kind of teased everybody and primed everybody about the importance of getting back on time from lunch because the George C. Frazier was coming up. So I'm like, they have skipped over me. <laughs> so I'm asking people right after lunch, like, hey, I'm Lisa A. Smith. I'm supposed to be going like right after lunch before George, but I see you guys have set up the stage. And, and somebody's like, oh, shoot. They literally had to run to the stage, take the podium down, do all this, get my handouts, pass my handouts out. So it was just like they were gearing up for this big international superstar and had potentially forgot about little old me. So now the pressure is really on because people, you know, have all their palettes wet and they're all ready because apparently I was literally the only person who had never heard or seen George uh, Frazier speak. And so it's like, wait, first we got Lisa coming up, right? So, but they, they assured me they hadn't forgot about me and all of this stuff. Although I did see them whisper to the MC that <laughs> press pause, don't introduce George yet. So I'm like, what the heck? So now there's really all this pressure to... Uh, really bring the stage, you know, bring it, kill it, basically. So I, they announced me right after lunch. We got to pick the song that we wanted to come out to. So I picked Lizzo, uh, Like a Girl, and did my power model walk down the aisle in my tight form-fitting dress because I'm talking about health. I want to showcase my body. I want to showcase uh, what it could potentially look like to be thriving. And so I do my model walk and uh, get up on stage, guys. And my mom, had uh, I flew her out to D.C. with me to work as my assistant for the weekend because Friday was like the speaker series and Saturday was the convention where I had a table and everything where I was like doing nutritional coaching and selling recipe books. So I had my mom there as my assistant. So she recorded the whole thing on her iPad and... She said, I killed it. She says, I killed it. She says, I got a standing ovation, uh, which I, I had also paid a professional videographer to uh, videograph my talk so that I can look back at it later and critique myself. So I watched it like two days ago. <laughs> this was all the way back on November 1st, but I just I watched it a couple days ago. And she's right. like Because what happens is sometimes as a speaker, um, you're so much in the zone that and you're in the zone mixed with sometimes nerves and you can't register exactly everything that's going on around you. So when I came off the stage, when I finished my talk, I came off the stage. Um, I know people clapped, but I didn't get the full breath of their response until like my nerves and everything. I came down and I was seeing clear again and, and, you know, and so, uh, I got a standing ovation as soon as I got off the stage, I got offered like two other speaking gigs, a conference in Alabama in January. Uh, the MC of the entire event has since reached out to me and told me he wants to bring me out to Texas to work on a, a program, an event with them. And he wants me to be the nutritionist for, he wants me to be his personal nutritionist. So apparently it went well. Uh, lots of opportunities, as I suspect suspected, came from that, which is why my nerves were so insane. Um, you know, got in a, you know, a couple 
um, offers to do some interviews and then all of the, you know, responses that I just got from walking the hallways the rest of the weekend during the event, you know, people stopping me saying how moved they were by my talk, how much I impacted them, um, stopping by my table the next day at the convention saying they just had to come and meet me and they wanted to talk to me more about their specific health conditions and wanted me to help work through them. People hopping on my email list, buying the recipe book. So it was amazing. So SpeakerCon uh, was so phenomenal. I'll be back at SpeakerCon. Uh, I plan to be back at SpeakerCon next year, November 2020, first weekend in November. It'll be in the West, at the Westin this time in D.C. Well, Arlington, Virginia. Uh, this year we were at the Crown Plaza. So I plan to be back on that main stage and doing it again. I absolutely love speaking and it was a great experience. And one of the things I want to encourage you guys during this brief episode is the power of pushing through and past fear um, because it's not, you know, fear is doesn't have to be a debilitating uh, or paralyzing thing. It's actually a great thing. And, and sometimes when I speak, I have absolutely no nerves. Like I think one of the main reasons I had so much nervousness to do this talk at SpeakerCon was not just because of the potential opportunity that was in the room, but also because it was a completely virgin audience. No one in the audience besides my mom, as far as I know, had heard of me or had heard me speak before. And so there was no expectations. And so I had to work to earn uh, their, their credibility, uh, for them to begin to know, like, and trust me. Right. So usually when I speak in Detroit or Metro Detroit, it's somewhere I've been before. And more than likely it's going to be individuals in the audience who are already fans of mine, people who come to my lectures, who've taken my courses, who've listened to the podcast and you guys come up to me and you say it, you know, like, Oh, that last episode, you know, you and Jay were so crazy. You were so right though. When you said such and such, or, um, people in the audience who, after I speak, will be like, I just want to be a testimony to what Lisa is saying. She's so right. I took, I graduated from her farm to table course, or I've been, you know, I come to her class every first Saturday. And so it's like family here is what I'm saying. Right. So it's, it's like, it's like when I talk in Detroit, I'm talking in my living room. I love you guys so much but going to this conference um in another state where i was not known was a different a different beast and so it is exceptionally important that you always position yourself you always position yourself to up level in your own career and in your own field sometimes we create ecosystems for ourselves that are so comfortable that it's almost you know, we never even consider moving outside of that to grow. And so now being offered these opportunities in these other ecosystems, in these other states, in these other venues with these people who had never heard of me before is amazing. Uh, a couple other things that came out of SpeakerCon, actually. So I, I mentioned that George C. Frazier spoke right after me. And when he got on stage, like the first thing he did was kind of give me some kudos by going over how much water he had drank that day and, and his sugar intake, which he made a little joke about. Uh, and so that was so dope, you know, that he acknowledged acknowledged me going on right after me. And then there was another phenomenal woman there by the name of Linda Clemens, who is a body language expert and uh, also an a international uh, speaker. She, I mean, when I tell you, she is phenomenal. She spoke a couple times during that weekend and, and she even gave me tips about my body language on stage. 
And um, turns out, so George Frazier has an annual conference called the Power Networking Conference. It's on its 18th, 18th year now, a really, really prominent conference. And um, Linda Clemens happens to be the director of like staff and marketing for the conference. And she actually came up to my table on Saturday at the convention and was like, you know, here's my contact information. Let's talk about potentially getting you at PNC. So I was like, what? So, I mean, really, 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 it's just so important to take your fears, your inhibitions and flip them on their head and show them who's boss. So I want to encourage you to do that. Okay. One more story about speaker kind and then I'll let this go because this was super dope too. Uh, and I said, this is going to be a short episode, but apparently I'm a talker. <laughs> okay. So hold on. I got to take a sip of water. Okay. So I'm sipping on water with some spirulina mixed in it. I, uh, do one tablespoon of spirulina in like 28 ounces of water daily. Spirulina is really high in vitamin A and your B vitamins, particular B, vitamin B12, which it's known in the plant-based world that you cannot get B12 from any plant source, nor does it come from animals. It's actually a microorganism that lives in the soil. But one uh, B12 is one of those nutrients that is debatable, not really debatable, but it's known in the, if you're a plant-based vegan, that normally people take a supplement for vitamin B12 because you can't get it from any plant-based source authentically per se. But I use spirulina, which a tablespoon of it has 83% of your daily recommended intake of B12. So I just mix it in water and, uh, that's part of my gallon of water that I drink a day. Anyway, so that's what I'm sipping on my spirulina water. So one more story about SpeakerCon. So uh, also, the, so the next day, the day of the convention, they were having like these mini contests and they did like a pitch competition, mini comp speaking competition. So that there was a, a pitch competition where anybody could participate. You just like lined up and they called you up if you wanted to participate in the pitch competition you did your one minute pitch on stage and you know uh, somebody was deemed the winner well there were two conference rooms so I didn't know this pitch competition was going on I was downstairs in the other convention room which was for the self-care suite so I was like that down there with the health and wellness people but upstairs in that particular convention room where the pitch competition was going on was where all like the business vendors were so I just kind of went up there to walk around, check out the other vendors since mom was holding down my table. And um, also because I wanted some new headshots. They were doing like free headshots. So I'm hanging out in the business convention and I hear them announce like, you know, final contestant for the pitch competition. And I'm like, eh? pitch competition. Wait a minute. Were we supposed to sign up for this like days ago or what? I didn't know anything about it. So I go up to Cheryl. And I'm like, what, what's this, what's this all about? And she's like, well, we're on our final contestant. So it might be too late for this pitch competition, but we're going to do another competition right after this, uh, a three minute speech competition, uh, where you talk about whatever you want for three minutes and then we're going to vote and there'll be a winner for the best speaker. And I said, Oh, I'm in. Right. So I run back downstairs, tell my mom, Hey, I'm about to randomly enter this speech competition. Um, upstairs uh you just you just speak on whatever you want for three minutes and then they vote and who are the, may the best speaker win right and she's like okay I'm like right I didn't even notice what's going on wanted to tell you what was going on so I did and so I went back upstairs there ended up being 12 of us that entered the competition 
And it was just like what it sounds. Literally, a timekeeper, you get on stage and get to talking three minutes, whatever you want, in front of all these people in the room. And guys, can I tell you, I did not intend to enter this speech. First of all, I want you to know, I did us mad justice. I decided to talk about black health history. I wanted to talk about something that obviously I was really fluent in, a subject matter that I was really comfortable with. Um, and you know, something that I wouldn't really fumble over because here I am voluntarily entering this competition. There was not like money on the line or anything like that, but it was just definitely like some more rec recognition and exposure on the main stage that I didn't want to pass up. So I got up on that stage. I think I was the second to the last person talked for three minutes about black health history, just about how, you know, people of color have been marginalized in Western medicine for, you know, in this country uh, since the beginning of it. We, our bodies and our brains have been used for medical experimentation and for the advancement of medicine against our will. Talked about Thomas Jefferson and James Marion Sims and Henrietta Lacks and the Tuskegee syphilis experiment and all of this stuff and just gave some stats and some facts and, you know, and then brought it home about how, you know, we should start back taking our health, taking our health back into our own hands, you know, and how we should do that. And it should start by coming to see me downstairs at my table and getting a free nutrition consultation. So it was super dope. And guess who took first place? Yeah, girl. Okay. Yes. So I literally won first place in this random three minute speech competition at SpeakerCon this year. I was so excited. So first place got like this big trophy and I took home this big trophy and it was so exciting. So I went back downstairs to show my mom and she's like, wait, what? <laughs> That's my way what for the day. She's like, wait, what? What is going on, girl? What did you talk about? What did you do? Did anybody record it? And I'm like, no, I didn't get anybody to record it. I didn't even think about it. And people were coming downstairs to my table afterwards. I got my trophy on the, on my table, on my vendor table. And they're like, you should have had us record it for you. You were so amazing. Blah, blah, blah. So it was super, super dope. So speaker kind was a huge success. I loved it so much. Uh, we were flying home one Sunday and that trophy wouldn't fit in any of our bags. So I'm like carrying this thing all through the airport on a plane. And people's like, what's the trophy for? What's the trophy for? And I'm like, pipe down, fans, pipe down. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But it was so, it was so exciting. So I really, really, really love speaking. If you haven't noticed, it's not only my gift, but uh, it's what I absolutely love to do and it has not let me down. So coming back, uh, basically I started all this to tell you, I just took an epic nap a couple days ago, but coming back from speaker con, I immediately, immediately had to flow and get ready. Like two days later for the final class for my fall, uh, cohort of farm to table, which for those of you who don't know, farm to table is my signature six week plant-based course. I teach once <clears throat> a quarter, um, coming up in 2020, I may end up teaching it a couple times a quarter, but I teach it once per quarter historically. And so my students were graduating on uh, that Tuesday, on that Tuesday, November 5th. 
got back from SpeakerCon on November 3rd. And so I had to prep for their graduation um, and their final lecture and make sure I had everything ready for that class. So I, there was like no rest. I went straight into prepping for speak for a farm to table graduation. Uh, I graduated 16. It was really 15 people were there. We had one student who couldn't show up, but she technically graduated. So I made sure she got her certificate and all that stuff. Uh, but 15 people were physically at graduation. that was graduating from my course. And I uh, was so excited to usher them in to their plant-based lifestyle. You know, Farm to Table is a course you take either as a, you know, just an individual who's trying to make the transition to a plant-based diet and you need that education, you need that accountability, you need that support. We do so much in the course. It's really an intensive and I, and I demand a lot out of, out of my students because number one, it's only six weeks. Number two, um, there's no use in me babying you or acting like it's okay to have things in moderation or move a little bit at a time. Sometimes you need that swift jump start, And so that's what Farm to Table is. And um, then when they graduate from Farm to Table, they go straight into Farm to Table Legacy. So this Farm to Table on November 5th, we graduated our fall cohort and it was so exciting. And I just want to publicly say congratulations again to all of my graduates. I am super proud of you guys. You guys did an amazing job. This particular class, I had all women. Our summer class, I did not have all women, but this particular class, I did all all black women. And I am you guys' biggest fan. Do you hear me? Um, you guys got so many phenomenal results in that six weeks, everything from the easy stuff like weight loss. And I'm not saying that lightly, but the weight will come off once you change your eating. So everything from weight loss, to blood pressure going down, to digestive issues reversing, um, to chronic uh, aches and pains, to sleep improvement, um, to life expectancy increasing, um, to, you know, chronic conditions like Raynard's disease. I mean, Raynard's syndrome completely, you know, not completely clearing up, but absolutely no flare ups. Um, just so many things that you guys mentioned were your scale victories and non-scale victories over the six weeks. Um, I, I should have pulled them up on my phone because I took a picture when we were going over them on the chalkboard. But it was such a laundry list um, at of things that I couldn't even, like it always takes my breath away. Even though I'm there the entire six weeks, I'm teaching the course. A lot of times the students keep their results close to the chest and don't really reveal them until the six weeks where I actually ask for them. And to hear the things that you guys accomplished in that six weeks from overcoming your addictions to dairy and giving up sugar and actually giving up meat and going completely plant-based for the last couple of weeks for you guys. I mean, it was just so many results and you guys make me so proud and proud of what I do. And so I'm looking forward to taking Farm to Table National in the next couple of years. Um, I know in the top of 2020, I'll be certifying at least three people to become farm to table facilitators. So when I say we're growing this thing, we are growing this thing. Okay. You can access and learn more about farm to table actually inside the black health Academy. Uh, and because I do, I am going to be teaching. I, my very first one that I taught live was online. So this, uh, at the top of 2020, I plan on teaching one live online again. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Uh, one, the one I'm talking about where people have, you know, the live graduation that was here in Metro Detroit uh, in person, but you don't have to be here to take the course or graduate from it. 
So I'll be doing a live six week one online again in 2020 and many more in the future. And then eventually we'll have facilitators throughout the world of Farm to Table because it will be a national, uh, nationally recognized brand. Okay. 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 So um, that's my update. So imagine all of that, right? So these speaking engagements, come back from SpeakerCon, graduate Farm to Table students. And then immediately following that, I had like three, two or three gigs last weekend. Uh, big shout out to Detroit Voice for School Choice for having me come in and speak to the parents um, about nutrition. That was super dope. We only had an hour, which was super such not enough time. I mean, they were asking me questions all the way out, you know, out the door to me put my coat on. So I wish they would have booked me for more, for longer. But shout out to Monique for having me. You are absolutely phenomenal. And I know her and I are already in talks of bringing me back because I want to make sure that the parents for both themselves and their children have a firm grasp and understanding on uh, the importance of what you feed their child and how that impacts impacts their performance in school. Um, and so I was so proud of the parents for number one, showing up and for number two, being genuinely interested. I mean, notebooks were out. Everybody was taking notes. Everybody was asking questions, giving anecdotes, you know, wanting examples, buying the recipe book. I mean, everybody hopped on my email list. Like we need more, we need more. So I am so, so happy that this resource exists for um, persons of color. It's not only for persons of color, but the majority of the audience was people of color. Um, and so I'm glad that Monique, you know, saw the importance of bringing this narrative and this conversation into the schoolhouse, right? Into the educational system. I wish more schools and things would book me to talk to the parents and teachers in schools about how food is impacting the learning environment. And I actually have a speaking gig coming up in two days uh, at WC3 Wayne County Community College, uh, put on, I think by, um, Don Bosco, I forget toy, uh, toy, my home girl. I've been speaking at Don Bosco community center for a couple years and they just booked me to come speak this Saturday to the students of over, I think it's several hundred they're expecting. So I'm excited to speak to the students this Saturday. So um, the more that we can reach our young people, the younger we can start having these conversations, the better off they'll be when they get our age and older as far as uh, preventing chronic disease and things like obesity. So, because I know most of us grew up kind of eating what we wanted and then learning the importance of nutrition when we were in our, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. So if we can reach, you know, our younger community, especially our people of color, younger community much earlier, we won't be talking about reversal. We'll just continue on the prevention conversation. And so it always makes me happy to talk to parents, teachers, and youth. So that's exciting. So that's coming up. So, so literally I like spoke at Detroit Voice for School Choice last Saturday. Right after that, I had to go to a uh, conference where I was vending uh, called the Rise Empowerment Conference. And then right after that, I spoke at Jay's event. You all know Jay, co-host on this podcast. Uh, she had an event called Evolving Black Love. Take two. So we, uh, she had Evolving Black Love one a couple months ago. And take two was just this past Saturday on November 9th, I think it was. And I spoke there as well uh, about, you know, the, the direct correlation between intimacy and connection um, and on your health. 
And I really enjoyed that subject matter. So thanks, Boo, for having me, um, for asking me and having me. And um, I'm sure you and I will debrief more about that on the next episode. But uh, we do need to talk more about Black love um, in the Black community because it, it plays an integral role on our success in life, having, you know, a successful and healthy, healthy relationship. Many of us are in relationships, but not all of them are thriving or healthy. And so being able to have those conversations about the impact of your relationship on your health and your ability to thrive in life is a really important conversation. So did that speaking get, so it's just been a literally, literally a whirlwind of speaking and coding. This is all in the midst of me still coaching and training. Let's just be clear. That was just the big stage things in the background. You know, I still have clients at my company. I have personal training clients, uh, one-on-one nutritional coaching clients, Um, all while this is happening, right? Plus stuff like recording the podcast and business meetings. And then of course, I'm the executive director of the plant-based nutrition support group. So managing the whole staff over there. So it is, when I tell you the nap I took the other day was epic. It felt, when I woke up, I'm like, what just happened? Like how have the past couple of weeks of my life even, how did I even make that happen and make it happen successfully. And I attribute so much of it to the way I eat, the way I move, the water I drink, the plants I eat, and most importantly, what I don't eat, you know, no refined sugar clogging up my brain and slowing me down, you know, not a bunch of processed food clogging me up and slowing me down, and just my ability to go, 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 rapidly problem solve, have a clear head, you know, think clearly, to be creative, to buckle down when I need to, Um, there's no way I could have survived the past couple of weeks without having that level of fitness and health and and making that continuing. Because even in these past couple of weeks, I still worked out. I still drank my gallon of water. I still had plants every damn day. Like there were my my non-negotiables never got compromised. Like when we first got to DC on day one, I'm like, come on, mom, we got to like take a lift to the store because I need to get a couple gallons of water from my hotel room. Like if I don't compromise my non-negotiables because I know I see the direct result of me sticking to them. Right. I knew that I was able to get on that stage at SpeakerCon and nail my speech and remember it and recall it and, you know, fluently articulate it. Because my brain was clear, my body was ready. I fasted that entire morning until I spoke. Like, I didn't speak until, like, one something in the afternoon. I didn't even eat that day. Like, I completely fasted. But just the having tools like that in my arsenal that I could tap into um, because I know my physical and mental health impacts my performance, right? And so it's just been, I attribute my ability to go through busy seasons like this to my health. Um, and that's what I call being professionally fit. So the bomb. Okay. So, so much for a short episode. Cause one final thing I want to tell you guys about speaking of fasting is, um, my fasting regimen. Um, so I, um, usually I, for the, like, so for the past several months, I, I do just intermittent fasting where I fast for 12 or 14, uh, 12, not 12 or 14, but 12 or more hours a day. And usually it's an overnight fast. So let's say my last meal, if my last meal is like 9.30 p.m., then I won't eat again until 9.30 a.m. or later, okay? And prior to doing uh, overnight intermittent fast, I used to fast for one day a week on Tuesdays for like a ridiculous amount of hours. I think I got up to like 22 hours. 
And I switched just because I enjoyed the Tuesday fast so much that I wanted to have a little bit of it every day. Also to just kind of keep myself challenged and disciplined and not get too comfortable in one particular style of fasting. So, but what I did recently is I switched back. So now I'm doing Tuesdays again. So today is Wednesday. And so yesterday I fast for 20 hours. I think I fast to 8 p.m. Um, and I, I had my last meal the night before I had my last meal pretty late. Actually, the last thing I ate on Monday night was at like 1130 PM. Right. And so then I didn't eat again until 8 PM the next day on Tuesday. So however many hours that is right. Um, pretty long time. Cause I was really hungry and it, that takes some discipline. Right. And that takes some training to work your way up to that many hours, um, not eating, but it was so amazing. And it's just like I remember before when you fast, it is so powerful. Now I still drink my water during that time. So it's not a complete fast or we call it a black fast, but it's more, uh, it's a water fast. So I still drink my water and I'll still have hot tea too, if I want some. So I'll still have hot tea or water. Only liquids I have though. I won't do like a green juice. I won't do a smoothie. The only liquids I'll have during my fasting state is water and hot tea. Of course, everything unsweetened. Um, but my 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 clarity in that time was so dope. Like it felt amazing. First of all, it felt amazing to really want something, i.e. food, and not have it. Um, and I don't want to call it deprivation, but just, you know, refraining, restraining myself from, from that instant gratification. Oftentimes, as soon as we want something, need something, um, desire something, we give in, especially as adults, because that's our right. We've, we were adulting and we've earned the right to give ourselves what we want, when we want it, how we want it. And so I, for some reason, call it weird. I love the feeling of, um, restraint. Like I love the feeling of, I really want to do this and then I don't do it. Right. And so it just makes me feel really disciplined. And I think it's important, an important lesson in discipline. And so I've, I've gone back to Tuesday fasting. Uh, my eating time is going to be 8 PM. I haven't settled on a time I'll stop eating the night before because my, all my days are different, but I might come up with a time. Like maybe I'll stop eating no later than like 10 PM Monday night. And if you guys hadn't noticed, I don't subscribe to uh, not eating past a certain time and all that stuff. I don't subscribe to it. So um, maybe I'll stop eating by like 10 p.m. on Monday. won't have my first meal until 8 p.m. Tuesday. I might do something right around there. But um, it one of the things I had to do yesterday that was exceptionally important is finish working in legacy. I mentioned earlier that my farm to table graduates will graduate to a platform called Farm to Table Legacy. Uh, so all of our students that graduate eventually around the world, um, and, and even now around the world, because I have Farm to Table Digital that I do one-on-one -on -one with clients who are not in Michigan. So I have clients right now throughout the U.S. who have been through Farm to Table Digital, right? Because they don't have to physically be with me to work, to work through the course. Um, so I have clients in so many other states, uh, California, Georgia, New York, um, so many clients who Pennsylvania in the South, uh, what, what state is Kiani? I think she's in Tennessee, like people all over the country who have taken my course and worked with me. So they'll all graduate to what's called firm to table legacy, which we're releasing hopefully within the next week. But I had to buckle down and dedicate like four hours of what I call deep work 
in working in that platform yesterday. There's some stuff I had to write, some stuff I had to um, shift. I had to finagle the back end system, which I'm still not done with. Um, but I just, just deep work. I had to go into what, what's called deep work, you know, like no distractions, no nothing. And so my ability to focus and concentrate in this fasting state uh, to do that was phenomenal. Like it felt so amazing, like how I was able to just zero in on a task. Cause you know, now our attention span is split in a trillion directions at any given time. Um, voluntarily and involuntarily, right? Um, sometimes we cause the issue by not turning off certain notifications and all that stuff. And then other times there's just like parts of our brain, other things that we are trying to work through and we allow our attention to be split. But when I went into deep work while I was in a fasting state, I was only focused on what I was doing. And just the most amazing part of that, again, is that it was like for four hours, not like 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Most of us can focus on a task for that amount of time. But, but to be able to be in deep work for like four hours was amazing. And I forgot how amazing it felt because I, in my mind, I already operate at a pretty high level just being plant-based vegan, right? So I don't consume sugar. I don't consume dairy. I don't consume meat. Um, and my, my diet is pretty like 80 to 90% label free. So a bunch of whole food, bunch of vegetables every day, grains, whatever. So don't get me wrong. I'm not coming from a place where it's a bunch of refined processed junk. So it's kind of like the next, next level in already coming from a clean spot, going cleaner. So fasting was amazing yesterday. And so I'm looking forward to doing that every Tuesday. There's some things about fasting that you have to be mindful of though. Um, like, you know, you don't want to drink before you go into a fasting state, no alcohol. You don't want to consume alcohol coming out of it. You even don't want to eat any processed fast food, any sugar going into it. All of these toxins are going to rush into your bloodstream in a fasting state and you could have adverse effects, you know, and that you definitely don't want to have adverse effects if you're like out at work or running errands because most of us fast, but we don't change our schedule to fast. We just expect that we're going to be able to do everything we normally do, work a full work day kids, family, shopping, errands, whatever. And so if you expect your body and your brain to still perform at a high level, you have to be very careful how you go into the fast and come out of the fast. So there, there's that. Um, one thing I'm going to have to get reaccustomed to that I didn't necessarily have a bunch of muscle memory in is that long fasting state in my workout. So I like went to the gym at like four in the afternoon and my energy level in my workout was not as high as it usually is. Now, when I used to fast every Tuesday for like 20, 22 hours, I worked my way up to where my workouts were just as intense when I wasn't in a fasting state. But apparently I got to work back up to that, y'all. I'm like, oh, I can't even run right now. So I did like, I jogged and then I did like some upper body, you know. Um, but it was definitely not as intense as it normally is in a non-fasting state. So that's one thing I'm going to have to work my way back up to. Uh, but that'll come back quick. I have no doubt about it. But other than that, um, I really wanted to mention that because it was just like, oh, I was just plowing through stuff yesterday. It was such a productive day. It was such a productive day. And But if you are not a season, uh, season in fasting, don't jump into 16, 18, 20 hours. You can start with just a 10-hour fast. Anything above eight hours is beneficial uh, to the body and the brain. So I, I think sometimes people try and go too hard when they start off fasting. Like, I'm going to do 24 hours. I'm going to do this like pipe down grasshopper, right? <laughs> um, you can start off with just a 10-hour fast, and it could be just an overnight fast, and then you can work your way up 
into more hours. So don't feel like you have to do something that somebody else is doing. They say that optimal amount where you're getting the best benefit is at least 16 hours. Um, but I definitely didn't start there when I started fasting a couple years ago. I started way less. So don't be intimidated by being a beginner. You have to learn your body and you have to learn how to maintain your regular regimen through this fasting state. So don't get crazy. And also, if you're on any type of prescribed drugs, your fast in and of itself may look different. Um, it may not be a complete elimination of foods. If you're on some type of drug, sometimes you need to eat. Maybe you'll be a soup or broth juices or smoothies. Some people still do. Uh, some people do a complete fast where they don't drink or eat anything. So there's so many different ways in which to fast. They don't all look the same for all of us. Uh, some people just eliminate whole foods. Um, so it can look very different for everyone. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. I think that's it. Of course, 47 minutes in so much for a short little brief intro, but I'm also dropping today a lecture for those of you who are already enrolled inside the Black Health Academy. You may have already heard this lecture entitled what I overcame to become plant-based, or you might've actually been at the class that I taught it at. It was one of my first Saturday classes. I do a class here in Detroit every first Saturday called Get Planted, an Introduction to a Whole Foods Plant-Based Lifestyle. And this was one of my first Saturday lectures. So uh, if you've heard it already, uh, then you know how much a treat it is. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, no, but it, and if you haven't, um, I think it'll be a treat. So just real quick, this lecture... I go over four things that I had to overcome to become plant-based. And what a, an entire point is that a lot of times uh, people tend to put myself on a pedestal and say, you know, things like I'm not on your level yet, or I may never, my diet may never be as clean as yours is, or, you know, I'm, I'm just not there. It's not as good as you, or they talk kind of shamefully, shamefully or bashfully about their own habits, kind of comparing it to m myself or Jay, or Tiffany, or any of the squad, thinking like that we, it's easy for us, or, you know, that it's something that we have always done seamlessly, and that is untrue. So the point of this lecture is to completely get rid of that misconception. It's just that we've mastered it, right? And that's not the same as it always came easy for us. And I, and I, and I want you um, if you have a tendency to do this with other individuals or people who have reached a level of mastery in their field, don't assume that because they are where they are, that it was a seamless transition for them. You have to know that most of us start as beginners um, and fumble and still learning, actually, right? And still taking it to the next level. And I'm always intentionally putting myself in a position where I'm challenging myself to something new in my health, i.e., you know, going back to my Tuesday 22-hour fast. I told you guys um, I'll be going raw coming up, which is changing a little bit because this I was talking to this um, chef over at uh, the Zen Garden here in Hamtramck in Michigan, and she was raw vegan for like five years and she thought it was insane that I was going to go raw in the winter time at the top of the winter and that it was insane that I was going to try and go raw without a Vitamix that really like $400 blender that she says I really, really need to be successfully going success, successful going raw. So she's like, you need, you know, I probably want to wait until it gets a little warmer. And then also I have to have a Vitamix so that I can make like vegetable soups and stuff raw. Um, so I'm taking her advice on that. 
So, but that is coming. Uh, so like going raw, that's going to be a huge challenge for me, a huge challenge. So I just want you guys to know that although we've maybe mastered a level that you haven't mastered yet, that doesn't mean we're still not challenged. Right. Um, so the entire point of this lecture is for you guys to hear the challenges I went through to successfully get to where I am in my health and, uh, in a plant-based diet. Um, so what I do is I give the struggle. I give the solution and then I give the privilege I had that allowed me to get that solution easier than maybe somebody else. And the point is that um, one of the main points, number one, to see I struggle and number two, for myself and everyone else to recognize the privileges we have in life. When we talk about privilege, we're often talking about white privilege, male privilege, but we all have different privileges uh, that we benefit from that makes our journey unique from our counterparts. And so the point of this particular lecture uh, that I dropped today is to go over those. So really, 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 really good lectures. One of my favorites, actually. So I hope this and that make a great substitute uh, for me and Jay recording today. And I look forward to you guys writing in. If you haven't already, a few of you have, first of all, thank you for those of you who have written reviews for the podcast, um, who have recommended the podcast to your friends and family. I know we have some pretty serious listeners out there and you guys are super, super dope. Uh, we, you know, thank men Jay have record been recording literally for years. And so, um, it's, a great it's a great feeling to hear you guys listening hear your feedback hear you recommending it I do a talk or a lecture and I'll come in and somebody in the audience would just be like man on the last episode when y'all talked about such and such and I'm like what me and Jay still fan out about that like we still like we screenshotting and sending to each other like look what so-and-so said about the podcast on Instagram so it's so exciting speaking of that shout out to Kenyatta uh for writing recently making a whole post on her IG about the podcast thank you so 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 much like love you guys so um can't wait to get back on here with jay i think the next episode we drop will be the day before thanksgiving woo woo oh final thing speaking of that who that's a doggone shame that i don't almost talk for an hour by myself i need some help but listen um the some of you guys are like been asking about a vegan thanksgiving and how to make uh your thanksgiving plant-based and i had actually had all of the intentions of mentioning some of that on this episode However, I did go over it in a recent interview I did on the Lois Bank show, which can be found on YouTube. If you're not in our um, on my email list, because um, if you're on our email list, then you got an email this past Sunday with the link and everything in it to listen to that interview. But on um, and on YouTube, if you go to YouTube, you can actually search for, it's called How to Walk in Health with Lisa A. Smith on the Lois Bank Show. So How to Walk in Health, um, the show, the Lois is spelled L-O-I-S, L-O-I-S, the Lois Bank Show, How to Walk in Health, and you'll see a picture of me and, and Lois. And so I did like a 30-minute interview on her show a couple days ago, and they posted it up on YouTube. So go check that out. In that episode, I talk about how to uh, have a plant-based Thanksgiving. So I give some tips on that, amongst other things. She asked me a bunch of other stuff, but we definitely hit on holiday eating for veganism. So that will be that should be interesting for you guys, and I'm excited about having um, this Saturday, too. I'm doing a lecture on entrepreneurship, my second favorite thing after health to lecture and teach about, and it's called What's Your Brand DNA? 
And so I'll be doing a two-hour seminar here um, in Southfield, Michigan about uh, creating a brand in your business or branding yourself. So I'm excited about that. Um, if you're listening to this today and you want to hop in that seminar for your business and your and or yourself, um, go to my website, lisaangelsmith.com, lisaangel, A-N-G-E-L, smith, S-M-I-T-H, dot com and just click on my speaking calendar and you'll see it on there you can just click grab your ticket it's 35 bucks and um i will see you at the seminar on saturday this saturday uh if you're listening to this in enough time november 16th from 12 to 2 so i'll be teaching i'm super excited i've started preparing my uh my content for that and i absolutely love talking business a lot of you guys don't know that i actually have a couple of business clients a couple of people that i coach in entrepreneurship and speaking. It's not something that I advertise. Um, it's certainly not something that I'm known for amongst the general public. But, you know, a couple years ago, people started asking me and I kept saying no, kept saying no. Finally took on uh, some clients this year on and coaching them in their business and entrepreneurship. And then I literally do it all the time at PBNSG. All I do is flex my MBA <laughs> at PBNSG with uh, marketing and branding and, you know, staffing and leadership and all that stuff. So I love that conversation as much as I do the health conversation. And actually at the end of every episode, when me and Jay were the professionally fit podcast, I gave business advice. And so um, I've been talking business for literally years, um, but now I'm starting to get tapped to talk about it speakly on publicly on the stage. So one of those seminars are coming up this Saturday, November 16th. And I also feel another nap coming on. Okay, so I will talk to you guys next time. There's an hour for you. I assume I'm forgiven now for not having me and Jay not recording together. But again, our apologies for sitting there chatting it up for 45 minutes and me never hitting record. Good times. So I will see you. We will see you uh, or talk to you in two weeks. Until then, make sure if you haven't already, join the Academy at theblackhealthacademy.com. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. Until then, be well.